This is probably my greatest fear about doing an in-person event. I actually hate logistics. It is not my thing. I am terrible at them. So I literally outsourced a lot of this to my team. I said, here's what I want to do. I want a room that fits 20 to 30 people. I want to provide lunch. We don't need a lot of swag. We don't need a lot of branding. So I wanted it to be as simple as possible. Meet me in Astoria, Oregon. No charge to you. Let's talk business for two days. That was the invitation I sent out to our business coaching clients about five years ago. I legitimately had no idea what I was doing. I just believed that if I got as many of them as possible in a room together, they could help each other in ways we couldn't yet imagine. Some drove to my tiny little town on the Oregon coast. Some flew into Portland and made their way two hours west. As they arrived, I knew we were doing the right thing. Now, there was nothing fancy about that first retreat or most of the ones that came after it. We sat at Ikea desks and we ate pizza from the local pub. We used giant post-it notes and we scribbled on whiteboards. There wasn't much of a curriculum, just an attempt to address each attendee's challenge one by one or two by two during the time we had together. And while we don't do these events anymore, this concept is never far from my mind. Getting the right people in the right room to talk about the things we don't often talk about when it comes to business. Well, that's the heart and soul of everything I do now. That small retreat blossomed into a whole new way of doing business for me and a whole new way of solving problems for our clients. You're listening to What Works, the show that brings you candid conversations with small business owners about how they're really running and growing their businesses today. I'm your host, Tara McMullen. Now, my guest today has a similar story. Rachel Cook is the creator of Sweet Spot Strategy and the CEO Retreat. Today, the CEO Retreat is a key touch point of how Rachel works with her clients, but it didn't start out that way. In fact, you'll even hear her admit that there was no grand plan behind her first experiment with a live event. She just had the urge to get the right people in a room together to work on their businesses. Rachel and I talk about how she came up with the idea of the CEO retreat, how it solved a persistent problem for her clients, and what her greatest fear about hosting the event was. We also discovered how the idea has evolved and the role it plays in her business today. Hint. It's big. Do you have a story about planting a seed in your business? Have you run a small experiment and watched it transform your company? Have you taken a small step and put yourself on a whole new path? I'd love to hear your story. Share with us on Instagram using the hashtag explore what works and tag me, Tara underscore McMullen. We'll be sharing your stories throughout the month and you'll be entered to win a free lifetime membership to the What Works Network. For full rules and giveaway instructions, go to explorewhatworks.com slash April giveaway. That's explorewhatworks.com slash April giveaway. Giveaway closes April 22nd, 2019. Now, let's find out what works for Rachel Cook. Rachel Cook, welcome to What Works. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me back. I'm so excited to chat with you and share some fun things that we've been working on. Yeah, well, I'm really excited to, to find out more about how this all came to be. So let's let's actually just start right there. Where did the idea for the CEO retreat actually come from? So over 10 years of working with women entrepreneurs, teaching things like business strategy and marketing and sales, all of those pieces that most people come to a business strategist for, I was listening to my clients and realizing they were getting stuck not because they didn't know what to do. 
they knew what to do. Like they had everything, all the ideas, all the strategies. The problem was they didn't know how to work. They didn't know how to plan and how to efficiently and effectively manage their time so that they could actually implement these big ideas that they had. And that's honestly where it started because I was just watching them get in their own way. And one of the first things I start doing when I see that, when I see people who can't figure out how do I take these strategies and run with them as I start to break down, well, what are you actually doing in your business day to day? How are you trying to implement this? Um, and that's how it started was I just knew I had to teach them how to work more effectively. Gotcha. So then why the one day format? Cause it was a one day format at that time. Right. Um, yep. and because it sounds like this is an ongoing issue, right? Like you don't just, uh, like I can understand that the real issue is that people don't know how to work, but that's something that happens on a day to day basis. What gave you the idea to say, no, 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 no. We're going to take a break from reality here for a minute and get, you know, get started on this in one day. Yes. So in 2017, it was the fall of 2017, I created a five-day challenge called Plan Your Best Year Ever. And I was literally taking them through not marketing and sales strategies, but how do you plan and come up with your big goals and then reverse engineer that into the actual checkoffable action steps that you're going to do? So I started with that free five-day challenge and people were like, this is great. Can you help me go further? So the CEO retreat started as just a workshop that I did virtually because that was the MVP, you know, the minimum viable product approach, something I could do really quickly and easily tagging it on the end of this free five-day challenge. And it was like $197 to join me and learn how to go from having now your goals mapped out for the year ahead to how do we break those down into quarterly goals and then break those goals down into week by week action steps. And also, because it's not just the planning, it's the staying accountable to the plan. So you got to plan the work, but then you got to work the plan. And that's where this started was I just realized I could teach them both of those pieces in a very clear process in one day so that then they had their plan they had their action plan, like their actual project plan ready to go, but then they had a system that helped them check on themselves and be accountable to the plan week by week. Gotcha. All right. So you, you mentioned that you saw that the big disconnect was that people knew what they needed to do, but they weren't doing it. They weren't managing their time. What do you see as being the big blocks, the big mindset problems, the big um, sort of barriers in their way from actually turning ideas and strategies into work that was could be done on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, this to me is strategic planning and project management. It's something that not everybody does very well. Um, often I'll talk to somebody and they'll tell me verbally, I have all these big ideas of what I want to do. Like I want to create and launch this new thing and they'll kind of brain dump everything onto me. But then I asked them, okay, how are you approaching this now? Now you've got like a huge brain dump of all these things. 
what is happening when? Who's responsible for these things? What is the timeline here? And that's where people kept getting stuck was they had no realistic idea of how long it would take things to get done. And then they'd end up completely overwhelmed because they didn't pace themselves or they didn't know how to plan um, in a way that actually helped them manage the plan. So that's the biggest challenge I kept seeing over and over and over again. They just didn't have the project management skills to implement the big ideas that they had. And honestly, if we look at most of the entrepreneurs that you and I talk to, they probably haven't ever had to like be a project manager for something mm. or have a strategic plan. They're very like, what am I doing this week? And that's about as far as they are planning. And unfortunately, if you're only thinking like what's happening this week and you don't know what's happening next week or next month or the quarter after that, it's really difficult to have a sustainable business. You're flying by the seat of your pants all the time. And then when life happens, when you get the flu or <laughs> your mom needs you to come help her out over something, you know, or whatever it is, because we all are going to have life stuff that comes up. We find that our business just shuts down. So I knew that if I could teach this specific skill set that honestly, like most things, um, it comes really naturally to me. So I didn't realize it didn't come naturally to a lot of people <laughs> when I realized that, oh, they need to learn how to work the way that I work and how to plan and, and manage time the way that I do. That's when it all clicked. I was like, okay, I need to actually sit down and, and brainstorm. How can I teach this in the most effective way? Okay. So I'm starting to understand this now because when you first started talking about project management and accountability and planning, I was seeing those things as skills that, um, or actions that happen over time, right? And I think that that's the way a lot of people think about that, whether it's in business coaching or in life coaching or in wellness coaching or pretty much in anything where results are not instant, right? Um, and so I was trying to figure out, okay, how did you make the leap from something that seems very long-term to something that is a one-day, very self-contained style event or workshop? And it finally clicked in that last answer. You are teaching a skill set, not the long... You're not trying to solve some accountability problem that they have. You're actually teaching them a skill set that once they have it, they can, they can do these things for themselves. Does that sound right? Absolutely. It's just like you know, you've been going on this wellness journey, which is so cool, but it's just like if you work with somebody and they're saying, okay, here's how you're going to meal plan. And here's how we're going to plan your workouts. And here's how we're going to plan your rest and recovery. And here's how you check in and hold yourself accountable. Mm. Here's when we need to reevaluate and create a brand new plan. You have to put kind of a boundary around that and a container around it. So I realized one of the biggest challenges for a lot of entrepreneurs is they just don't put a container around these things. They want to plan all the things at all the same time. And what I'm really good at is editing all of that down. So I give them very clear boundaries and constraints for the time frame we're planning for, how many goals and projects we're planning, what your capacity is, so that when you are actually breaking down this plan into, and this is very important, check-offable action steps, <laughs> that you're not putting so much on your plate that you either don't follow through, which means you don't get the results, or you find yourself burnt out because you're constantly just trying to shovel out from this huge growing to-do list. So I knew that I had to 
teach them a system and an approach that was not about doing all the things. It was about doing just a few things. It wasn't about trying to accomplish everything for the next year or three years or you know whatever the big picture vision is. It's about 90 days. And I wanted to teach them in this very clear way because my goal is once they spend a day with me, they can then use the exact same process in the next 90 days, in the 90 days after that. And that's what we've seen. That was my goal. And I literally, they leave with a checklist of here's what we did today. You can go do this on your own, put it in your calendar 90 days from now to have a CEO retreat with yourself. And if you want the accountability and support, just join us for the next one. Brilliant. You'll learn more about how the CEO retreat has taken shape in just a minute. But first, a word from our WhatWorks partners. What Works is brought to you by Mighty Networks. Mighty Networks powers brands and businesses like yours that bring people together. You started your small business with an idea and it's grown and grown. Now that you've built programs, events, online courses, or even a community, you realize that this growth has gotten a little out of hand. Your work and your customers are spread out over a bunch of different tools and platforms. Your content lives in a few different places. Your community hangs out somewhere else. Your products have grown up in yet another platform and your payments, well, they are all over the place. Starting a Mighty Network can change all that. Mighty Networks makes it easy to bring your content, products, community events, and payment processing all together. We use Mighty Networks to power the What Works Network. We share exclusive content, interact with members using questions and polls, host events like our virtual conferences, and accept membership fees. Mighty Networks has made our whole business tidier. Start growing your business all in one place and finally see what your seed can grow into. Go to MightyNetworks.com to get started. Mighty Networks is the easiest way to take your business to the next level. What Works is brought to you by Bench. Now, it's tax season. <laughs> that means you're thinking about whether your books are in order. If you're ready to stop stressing about cleaning up your business finances yourself, it's time to get Bench. Bench combines easy-to-use software with real human beings who do your bookkeeping for you. Not only does your money stay neat and tidy, you get valuable monthly financial statements and expense reports, plus access to your personal bookkeeping team whenever you have a question. Even better, WhatWorks listeners get 20% off their first six months of bookkeeping, and you can try it out free of charge before you commit. To get started, go to explorewhatworks.com slash bench. That's explorewhatworks.com slash bench. Okay, so let's uh, talk more about how this idea grew from something that you tacked on to the end of a five-day challenge into something that you're really building out as the cornerstone or a cornerstone of your business model today. So when you first created it, um, how did the CEO retreat fit into your existing business model? Even outside of that five-day challenge, what did it look like within the whole of your business? Okay, this is... It was an experiment. It was an experiment. It did not fit in. Okay. <laughs> because in the past, everything, all roads had led to my signature program, Sweet Spot Strategy, which is what teaches the business strategy and the marketing and sales and customer experience strategy. So it didn't really fit in. I didn't have a, a grand plan. It was an experiment. And that's why the very first one started off as a virtual retreat. And when I did the virtual version... Um, I didn't touch it again for a full year. I was just kind of marinating on it. Like, okay, one, it 
made great money, which was awesome. I could test that people wanted this, um, but I could also figure out what was and wasn't working. So I was just paying attention to the people who had joined that and tried to figure out where they were stuck. And a couple of things showed up to me, and this is the biggest reason why I decided to make it an in-person event. One, when people are virtual, they don't always do the work that they're supposed to do. And because (laughs) I'm not in the room with them, I can't always tell where they are stuck or where they're overthinking things. Um, And I can't give feedback as easily. If you're in a physical room, I can look around and tell like, who's getting stuck, who has questions, who do I need to like go kneel down and encourage and let them know like this is doable, even if it feels overwhelming. It's very hard to do that on a Zoom call. Um, So I decided to do an in-person one because I knew from experience that when I get people in a room, they will walk away with that 90-day plan. They will walk away with what they came for. Doing it virtually, I can't guarantee that result because so much more is on them. So it it totally started as an experiment. Like the first in-person one that we did, um, the really the, the courage to do it came from, I was starting to myself feel like I wanted to get in a room with really amazing women. And I was putting myself in rooms with really amazing women. I was traveling to New York and I was traveling to um, San Diego and I was going to all of these small events. And what I was seeing over and over again is there's a lot of events that are about teaching lots of stuff to you, but you don't really walk away with anything complete. You don't walk away with anything ready to implement or ready to go. You just have like a notebook full of great ideas. So I knew that I wanted to, one, make sure people would walk out of the room with their 90-day plan ready to go, like literally ready to put into Asana or Trello or whatever tool they use so that they could start working it. And I knew that I wanted it to be focused on implementation, not a lot of teaching. I didn't want it to be like another version of a course adding more to their list. I wanted to actually add less to their list and just give them a way to manage it. That makes tons of sense. But I think we've missed part of the story here. (laughs) So I want to rewind just a little bit. Um, How did you make the decision to go from virtual to in-person? And can you kind of walk us through the process of what planning that first in-person event looked like? Yeah. Um, So I wanted to do the in-person because after years of running an online course, I just know that statistically, I'm more likely to get real results for people and they're more likely to walk away with what they came for if they're in the room. I just knew that Mm -hmm. to be the truth. I mean, I come from old school business background where I was in the room with people. So I've always known that to be true. And it's probably my biggest frustration as somebody who runs an online consultancy is the difference is huge. We don't think it is, but it is. It is pretty big. Um, so I knew I wanted to do it in person because I wanted something in person. Mm-hmm. I knew that if I was out there looking for opportunities to get in a room with smart women, that other people were looking for the same thing. And so I just spent a year, once I knew the content was good and people wanted the content and the strategy, it was really just, well, do I run this virtually? which honestly is way cheaper and a lot easier to sell? (laughs) Or do I create something that's different and and go outside the norm? Um, And I just took the risk. I just was like, this is what I want. I want to be in the room with these people. I was starting to feel a little disconnected from my community, which is really easy when you basically only talk to them like on Instagram. And I wanted some real connection. So I knew other people were probably wanting that too. 
Gotcha. How did you how did you decide on the location for the first event? How did you um, put together the details? Because planning an in-person event, there's a lot going on there. So can you kind of walk us through that? Yeah, this was probably my greatest fear about doing an in-person event. I actually hate logistics. It is not my thing. I am terrible at them. If I have to go back and forth and sign a million contracts, I will lose my mind. So I literally outsourced a lot of this to my team. I said, here's what I want to do. I want a room that fits 20 to 30 people. I want to provide lunch. We don't need a lot of swag. We don't need a lot of branding. Um, We don't need AV or anything like that. I knew that we were going to be giving them a paper workbook and post-it notes primarily (laughs) to work on. So I wanted it to be as simple as possible. And that really helped a lot. Um, Now, the very first one I hosted in my hometown of Richmond, Virginia. And luckily, in in this area, we have some really cool locations that are great for event spaces. So I had found out about this first location through a photographer friend of mine. Um, It's a location called Paisley and Jade. And they have, this is such a cool business, they have furniture rental for events and photography and things like that. So it's like this huge, beautiful warehouse full of all this mid-century modern furniture. Mm. And they have a huge, beautiful workshop room because they also have photo shoots there. So anybody who's shooting ads or whatever, and they want a beautiful natural light room, um, they can host it there. And by the way, use all the furniture that this furniture rental company has. So I approached them because I knew some creative people I knew had posted creative workshops. Um, There are some photographers I knew I had hosted workshops there. And so I said, hey, I want to host a workshop for, you know, 25, 30 people. Um, Is it possible to do it in this space? And it was great. Um, Unlike a hotel, they do not care if you bring food or beverage in. (laughs) That's one of the biggest challenges with working with hotels um, is they usually have a food and beverage minimum. And then they add like 20, 30% on for taxes and gratuity and all this other stuff. So it can get very expensive to work with a hotel. Um, But I knew I wanted a a space that was beautifully lit, that was kind of interesting and creative. And that's where I ended up going for that first one. So it was probably $800 for the entire day for that space. And they provided all the rentals. So they um, said, yeah, well, we happen to have all the furniture back here. So what kind of furniture do you want? And I said, let Lane pick it out. She's my amazing um, community concierge. And so Lane picked out these beautiful farmhouse tables and white chairs and cool rugs. And that all worked out. Um, So it was really simple. Like we just found one place, provided all the furniture and everything. We really didn't have to do a whole lot there. Um, And then we catered lunch from a local, um, a local place called Urban Farmhouse. And they brought in salad and sandwiches and things like that because we knew it'd just be easier to keep everyone in the room and kind of have a working lunch. So Lane honestly handled um, all the logistics for that. Like once we figured out where we were going to be, I just said, go figure this out. Um, And we kept it as simple as possible. That's the key, I think, is keep it as simple as possible. Um, Along the same lines, other costs that can be really expensive that you don't think about are printing costs. Mm. If you have 30 people and you're um, 25 people in a room and you're creating a workbook for everybody, you better plan for that to be, I don't know, $10, $15, depending on the type of workbook and everything that you have. Um, So one of the biggest mistakes I made is I really underpriced the first event. (laughs) I underpriced the first event because I had an early bird of like 197 and then went up to 297. But 
most people took the early bird. And by the time I crunched all the numbers of the cost for the location, the cost for the food, the cost for um, all of the workbooks and the post-it notes and pens, snacks, water, um, what else did we have? Oh, we made coffee cups because I thought that would be fun. Everybody had a little coffee mug with the CEO retreat on it. By the time we did all of that, it ended up costing us $100 per person. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I didn't really think about that. Plus, I flew in um, one of my team members to be with me at the event. So, of course, I had to compensate her and pay her hotel and everything. So the first one, um, it actually didn't make money the event itself. <laughs> but where we made money was on the back end of that. Perfect. Okay. Well, there's so much there that I want to uh, unpack as well. And thank you for giving us all those details. But the first thing I want to talk about is where you found those first 25 to 30 people. Um, Because that might sound like a lot uh, for a lot of people. Maybe it doesn't sound like that many, but I can say from personal experience that getting 25 to 30 people in one room for an event like that is quite challenging. So where did you find them? How did you sell that initial event? Okay, so a couple different ways. Um, one, I only had a goal of having 20 people in the room, and we ended up with 35. Nice. <laughs> I was I was blown away. And um, one of the things that I think really helped was I gave myself a long enough time frame to promote it. The difference between in-person events and virtual events. A virtual event, I could say, hey, I'm hosting something next week. Um, block out a couple hours on Friday and it's no problem. Like people can do that. But an in-person event, they've got to fly here. They've got to find a place to stay. They got to arrange babysitters, whatever it is. It's more complicated for people. So I knew I needed to give a longer timeline um, in order to make that happen. It actually took us about six to eight weeks to fill that event. Okay. Um, but it, the timing was great. The timing was great because it was a January, January 12th, 2018. So we were at the very beginning of the year and I had started promoting in November. So I had a couple phases to promotion for this. Um, the first thing I did, and this is something that I think so many of us don't think about, but it makes such a huge impact is I sent out complimentary tickets to my super fans. I identified the people who were the people who sent me the most referrals, people who were always talking about my work. And I said, hey, I would love to have you attend this event and join me um, as a thank you on the house for being such a huge supporter. One of the people was Teresa Reed, the mm. tarot lady. And she and I have had this awesome um you know, back and forth referral relationship for years and years and years. But this was a great way for me to say, thank you so much for all of your support. Um, and I, I offered her a complimentary ticket. She wrote about this event so many times, I can't even tell you. <laughs> like she has a full on review on her page about, on her website about this event. But I handed out tickets, complimentary tickets to a handful of people um, who I knew would then turn around and share the event. So having them on board really kind of boosted my confidence because at least when I walk in the room, those five super fans would be there even if no one else was. And they also promoted the event with me. Um, we also promoted a bonus month to anybody who joined my programs the November prior. So if they joined Sweet Spot Strategy, they got a bonus ticket to this event. And this continues to be one of our favorite ways to fill the event. We offer this as one of those limited time bonuses if they join my core program. So that worked out really well. Um, over Thanksgiving week, the November prior, I put together a special bundle 
where I offered um, a ticket to the CEO retreat. I offered the entire plan your best year ever challenge as a, a beautifully done workbook so they could all be ready to show up for the retreat. And I offered another program I have called Get More Clients, which is all about how to fill your one-on-one client docket very, very quickly. It's like a literal copy and paste template type of system. Um, So I bundled it all up and that did really well um, because it got some people who were like, okay, I want to go, but a little nervous. It just kind of added a sweetness on top of that. Um, So that helped. And then let's see, the other thing I did was I gave a discount to any of my existing clients. So one of my biggest lessons I've had to learn over the last couple of years. Um, I tend to be somebody who just gives and gives and gives to my existing clients, but I realized this is an in-person event. I just can't comp everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did give a discount to my existing clients for a limited time. So they had like a week to take me up on the offer to join us for this event. So we ended up at the end of the day with 35 people in the room and it was a mix of, I would say about 30% were existing clients who had taken me up on the option to have a discounted ticket. Um, Another 30% were people who I had never, ever worked with. I didn't know who they were at all, Um, which was awesome because I was like, whoa, these are people who've been following my work for a while, but they've never actually like showed up to do anything with me or signed up to do anything. Um, And the other 30% came from referrals and from these different things that we did out there to get people in. So we had a lot of different kind of promotional strategies. It's almost like every week leading up to the first retreat, we had something else going on that we were testing because people don't take action unless you give them a reason to, right? And I knew that if I just waited for the early bird deadline, I would be sitting here like freaking out the entire time. So I was like, okay, how can we look at all of the people I have access to in our community and give them all special incentives to join us. And that turned out to be just kind of layering all these different things um, in the six weeks running up to the event. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad that you shared all the different things that you layered on to promote the event and to sell tickets because I completely agree. I mean, if you don't give people a, a reason to act right now, uh, they don't. <laughs> they wait and they wait and they wait and they wait. Um, and we see it, you know, just across industries, across different types of events and offers. And I love that. Yeah. Just thank you so much for laying out all the different ways that you promoted the event. Um, I'm really curious about those 30% of people who attended who you hadn't worked with before, who you hadn't had as customers before. What was it about that event, do you know, uh, that got them to finally make the leap and decide to invest in working with you? So this was something interesting. And my like researcher brain was firing all over the place over this. They felt they they loved what I was talking about. They followed my work. They listened to my show every single week. A lot of them had been on my list for a while. But when it came to the other offers I had, they felt like they were a little beyond those. Mm-hmm. They were looking for something different from me. Um, and so it was really interesting because I now had the opportunity to really learn what was it about my other offer that wasn't attracting them that was holding them back. Um, and that was 
amazing. But I think that was probably the biggest thing. They felt like my other offer was a little bit too beginner for them because many of them had been in business for a while and they were looking for something more geared towards people who already were running the business, not people who were kind of starting the business. Gotcha. That makes a ton of sense. Okay. So you expended a lot of marketing capital, uh, sales capital, just attention in promoting this one-off, one-day event. What was it about this offer that gave you the confidence, gave you the drive to expend that much attention and and uh yeah, like I said, kind of marketing capital on this one thing. What was your plan for making that back on the back end? So the only plan I had, again, it was such an experiment and I really didn't know what I didn't know. So um, the biggest thing that I knew I could do, especially as we started seeing people who I, I hadn't ever worked with before, I didn't know their story. I knew that I could um, invite some people into my core program, sweet spot strategy out of this. So the biggest thing that ended up happening after this is I, I want to say the first event, by the time it was all said and done, we made about $12,000. It cost us about $2,000 to put on, um, not including like my time or anything, but we made over $25,000 on the back end very quickly, like within the first couple of weeks, because people who were in the room and they could then talk with me and see the gaps in their, in their plan, then they knew, oh, this is why I need to be in our core program, sweet spot strategy, because maybe I don't need this part of it, but I need these other things that aren't in place yet. I need these other strategies. So that once we got on the other side of that, I was like, okay, if I just looked at it as far as how much it cost and how much it made. The fact that it took eight weeks of like marketing bandwidth, like you said, marketing capital to promote it, I wouldn't really call that a huge success. But then when I look at, okay, now it's actually generating closer to $35,000 from this one thing I tried one time, I knew that I had then something I could do something else with. I knew I had something that we could take to the next level. All right. Well, let's talk about exactly that. <laughs> what have you done to take it to the next level? What? How has the CEO retreat evolved since that very first event? So since the very first event, we have continued to host them quarterly. And honestly, I, I didn't have a plan <laughs> for that. Like this was not in my 2018 plan. And I am a planner. If you haven't like caught on by that yet, I had no plan to have quarterly CEO retreats. Um, but I ended up hosting four retreats last year, and we're going to host four more this year. So a couple of things came out of that. Um, one, I knew that the location I have here in Richmond, Virginia, it's super convenient to me, but it's not convenient for everybody else. I mean, this is a smaller city. There's really not a lot of direct flights here. Um, so I wanted to experiment with some other places that I could take this so that I could be a little bit more accessible to maybe people who couldn't fly to the East Coast or, you know, it was just too complicated to get to Richmond. So I found out about this awesome company called Breather. If you haven't heard about it, go check it out. Um, I have a discount code if anybody wants it. <laughs> but it's basically like Airbnb for conference rooms. And you can rent a space that's beautifully designed for just a day. So with that in mind, I was like, okay, 
I can take this to New York. I can take this to Washington, D.C. I could take this to L.A. I could take this to San Francisco. Um, and I have a beautiful space that's ready to go. And they were all super affordable. I don't think we've spent more than $800 for a conference room from them. Um, and it's been really, really amazing to use that. So once I figured out that the logistics could work and it was not going to be as complicated as like trying to find interesting spaces everywhere. Like that took a lot of pressure off of us to continue with it. Um, what we decided was quarterly made sense because that's what we're teaching is 90 day planning. And what we started wrapping around that was the next level of where my people needed to go. So alongside the CEO retreat is the CEO accelerator, which is my private high-end mastermind. Um, this is for people who are already at the six figure mark and they're ready to double or triple that. So what we decided to do was use the retreat as day one of the CEO accelerators quarterly events with me. Everybody shows up. Um, we make, you know, everybody has the opportunity to join the CEO retreat, but my accelerator clients do as well. And then days two and three is just time with my accelerator clients. Mm. So that's been pretty amazing because basically hosting the retreat and having tickets available for that pays for me to do these three-day events for my accelerator. So it's reduced the cost and increased the profitability of both of those things to do them at the same time. Um, and that's been amazing. The other thing that we rolled out just this year, so we did the accelerator like this starting um, in September. So in September and December and now in March, the accelerator clients are all there. Um, the next thing we did, because the accelerator is for a, a business owner who's further along, who's already in the six-figure area, it is a you know $18,000 investment to join the accelerator. So it's not for beginners. Um, but we knew we had people who wanted more because I had people who were showing up to every single CEO retreat. I have several people, at least six, who have gone to every single CEO wow. retreat. Exactly. Like they come wherever we are. And I feel like I need to make them like a special gold star or something. Yeah. Because to them, this became a cornerstone of just, if I pay for it, I will do this work and it will happen. Instead of, I know how to do it. And now I've got to figure out how to carve time out. Like that's hard to overcome our own nature of, you know, putting our own work off in favor of working on our clients or working on anything else. So once I started seeing these people who were coming back every single quarter, I was like, there's, there's a space here in between sweet spot strategy, which is really, you know, building and, and growing your business headed towards a six figure mark. But a lot of people were looking for something in between there and they weren't quite ready for the accelerator. Um, so this year we re rolled out what we're calling Sweet Spot Society, which is mm. kind of that in-between level. And everybody gets to join us for all four CEO retreats for the one day. And then every month there's additional support calls for them um, in between. So it kind of gave us a, a different level in between the Sweet Spot Strategy Group level, which is a $3,000 program, Society is a $6,000 program, so it's $500 a month. Um, and if they were just to show up at the retreat itself for four times a year, that's $2,000. So I felt like that was a pretty good a pretty good rate for that. And then the highest level is the CEO Accelerator at $18,000. Wow. So this really has transformed your business then. <laughs> yeah. It's been interesting because 
I think, you know, over the last, I don't know, three or four years, um, I had really pulled away from doing any high end consulting, any one-to-one work. And I was very focused on growing sweet spot strategy. Um, and it's still, I mean, I'm looking at, I pulled out all these numbers for you cause I wanted to have accurate numbers, but last year, sweet spot strategy made $150,000. It's the cornerstone of my business. It's a big revenue generator. It's our baseline. But I knew that it was time for me to add the next level because I had clients in there who had had grown beyond and were looking for something else. So having the CEO retreat, if anything, my favorite part about doing it in person is now I got the opportunity to have real conversations face-to-face with people and could see these gaps. I could see where they were stuck. And there's this tipping point for people when they get out of that you know, startup stage, and they're trying to learn all the things, you know, how do I, how do I grow this business? What is marketing? What is sales? Once they get out of that learning mode, they no longer need all the courses. Mm -hmm. What they need is to know how to do the work and where they were getting stuck is they put everything else in front of being the CEO of their business. Mm -hmm. So they were busy being the employee, busy being the manager, but they never actually had carved out dedicated time to think about the big picture, to plan, to make sure that they were effectively running this thing. Um, So that's what's come out of this whole thing is realizing, okay, this is where I can help people. This is the next step after they take my program. Um, And I can wrap it all around this one day event that It doesn't matter if you are brand new to your business or a seven-figure entrepreneur. I've had both at this event, and they all walk away with their 90-day plan ready to roll. Brilliant. Um, You know, you mentioned that this has all been an experiment and that, you know, last year, even though you did these on a quarterly basis, you weren't expecting to. This year, it sounds like, obviously, you have planned for a whole year of events. Um, And that just... Obviously, you know, it tells me that this is a continually evolving um, piece of your business and and everything that you've spoken to so brilliantly in this conversation has pointed to that. What's next for the CEO retreat? How do you see it continuing to evolve maybe throughout this year or even into uh, subsequent years? So what's next? There is something I'm bubbling on for 2020. Um But what's coming up for me in these conversations with people, these are conversations I'm not having online, like that I would never know about um, just running a a online course because it's not the right container. But once you get people in a room, once you take people out for drinks after, you start to know like what's really going on and what's happening for them. And one of the things that is coming up right now is women entrepreneurs are ready for this. They are ready to step up and really lead their businesses like a CEO. They just don't know who to turn to. There's a lot of fluff out there and a lot of community and a lot of like, yay, girl boss, but not a lot of real business building, strategic planning, smart strategy for them. So one of the things that aside from continuing the CEO retreat that I'm starting to brainstorm on is hosting a conference um, that will be more implementation focused, but real strategy and not just a lot of like rah, rah, girl boss stuff, which is kind of something that I'm ranting about a lot right now. 
<laughs> you and me both, sister. <laughs> I just feel like there's so much out there that is dumbing down business for women. Um, and, and we're so smart. We are so smart. I have so many smart women who come to me, women who have advanced degrees, who have PhDs, who've got years and years and years of experience. And they are frustrated because they're not getting real strategy. They're just getting the same kind of cookie cutter talk over and over and over again. And I just want to fight against that and say, no, women, we can do this. We can lead like CEOs. And I'm creating the containers for that because I don't see that out there right now. Brilliant. Well, you have my complete support in that. I am here for it. I'm so excited that, to have another um, uh, you know, colleague who is fighting that same fight. So Rachel, thank you so much for sharing everything that you've shared about how the CEO retreat got started, how it's evolved, and, and really how it's transformed your business. Thank you so much for having me. Find out more about Rachel Cook and the CEO retreat at rachelcook.com. Now, remember, we want to hear your story of planting a seed in your business. Share it with us on Instagram using the hashtag explore what works and tag me at Tara underscore McMullen. We'll be sharing your stories throughout the month and you'll be entered to win a free lifetime membership to the What Works Network. For full rules and giveaway instructions, go to explorewhatworks.com slash April giveaway. That's explorewhatworks.com slash April giveaway. Giveaway closes April 22nd, 2019. This episode was produced by Sean McMullen and edited by Marty Seafelt. Our theme music is by The Shrugs. Find over 190 candid conversations about what's really working to run and grow a small business today at explorewhatworks.com.